Welcome to this week's 10 Minutes of Torah. This week's Torah portion, the Torah portion of Toldos or Toldot, is the portion that deals with one of the most fascinating stories in the Torah, the rivalry between Yaakov and Esav, the selling of the birthright of Yaakov, the blessing of Esav, his father, Yitzhak. And then a lot of fascinating stuff over here. But right at the beginning of the portion, it starts off with a very weird commentary of Rashi. Rashi starts off, look at the first verse, it says, these are the generations of Yitzhak, Avraham gives birth to Yitzhak, gave birth to Yitzhak. So he says, Rashi says, what is this generations referring to? These are the generations of Yitzchak. It says, Yaakov and Esav, who are discussed in the Torah portion. And if you read the portion, it's pretty clear. Yitzchak gives birth to Yaakov and Esav. I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that you need any explanation for. You just read the verses. It's, it's really straightforward. What exactly is Rashi communicating to us? It's an interesting idea that's brought down that Yaakov and Esav both have legitimacy, both have place in this world because of their inclusion in the Torah. In other words, where does it have it, where is it possible for Esav to exist? How is it possible for Esav to exist? Esav represents the antithesis of everything that Yaakov stands for. Yaakov stands for bringing godliness into this world, stands for connecting and elevating this world to connect with God and to connect with Hashem. This Yaakov is what the Torah wants. What the Torah is here for. What the world is created for. Where does Esau fit in? Why is Esau here? Esau represents the exact opposite. Esau represents everything that is bad about this world. Esau represents all of the problems of this world. The Esau himself is, it says, Esau son es Yaakov. That it's, a, it's straightforward halacha, it says. That Esau hates Yaakov. Not only Esau himself, but his descendants. Where does Esau fit into the picture? What is he doing here? So Rashi tells us he has his place as well. He's included in the Torah, and therefore it's intentional, it's purposeful. Yaakov and Esau both have a role in this world. What exactly is the role? Where does Esau come in? Why is Esau here? Why is there evil, negative, what are the enemies of the Jewish people doing here? Those who try to harm us throughout the ages. Why are they here in God's world? We're not going to solve every problem right now, but we're going to look at the Torah portion and try to get an understanding as to what's going on. Because if you look a little closer, you'll see that although Yaakov eventually did get the blessings, that was not the original intention. Yitzchak had intended to give those blessings to his son Esav. Why in the world would Yitzchak give those blessings to his son Esav? What did Esav do to deserve those blessings? Esav was a thief, a murderer, a rapist. He was a bad person. He did not deserve getting blessings. What was, ya- what was Yitzchak thinking? Of course, we know the end of the story is that Yaakov got, the- got those blessings. That was only because Rivka intervened and ensured that Yaakov disguised himself and received those blessings. But in- initially, Yitzchak had intended to give those blessings to Esau. What was he thinking? So there's a fascinating teaching of the Alter Rebbe and Tanya. The Alter Rebbe talks about the concept of a tzaddik, a rasha, a benini. He talks about how you have the service, the divine service of a tzaddik. It's pure, it's holy, it's completely, sincerely, 100% God-driven. It has no other direction, no other interest. It's completely eradicated the negative and the evil in, within him. Is only 100% holy. See, he says that's compared to a sweet dish. 
And then you have another type of dish, which is also pleasant to enjoy, and that is something which is sharp, but it's very well spiced. And if it's well spiced, it 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 can be delicious. It can be really pleasant, really enjoyable. Actually, even in many ways more sophisticated and much more um, appetizing than just a simple sweet dish. And he says, this is what the Torah portion is referring to when Yitzchak calls in Esav and he says to him, I want you to make this food, matamim, that I enjoy, this tasty food that I enjoy. The tasty food could be the sweet food, like Yaakov. It could also be the spicy food, like Esav. Now, Esav was not necessarily in his state at at this point. wasn't necessarily in his state of spiritual refinement. But the potential for spiritual refinement exists within every person. And when a person who had strayed, who had been away from, distanced, and separated themselves from God, returns, reconnects, about the Shuvah, comes back and serves Hashem, that is the most pleasant, delicious dish that's possible. It's taking spices and making a very delicious, complex flavor for a person to enjoy. So a tzaddik may be very, very righteous, but it's like a sweet, very basic, enjoyable, approachable. It's not complicated. Everyone can enjoy it. Esav represents, when he's rectified, represents a spicy, very complex flavor that's really delicious and really sophisticated and really pleasant to and, and enjoyable. But it's when Esav is in a state of repair. In other words, when Esav is in a state of elevation. And that's really what is necessary for the uh, uh, the accomplishment of what Esav is all about and what, what Hashem, pr- the purpose that Hashem put Esav into this world. And that's what, ya- what Yitzchak was trying to accomplish. Unfortunately, at the time and place that he attempted to do this, it was too early. It wasn't yet the time. The world, Esav, I should say, wasn't up to it. He had not yet refined himself. Yitzchak was trying to preempt that process, was trying to pr- jumpstart that process, but it wasn't, the time wasn't, wasn't there. You know, Yitzchak himself represents the attribute of Gevura. We speak about, in last week's Torah portion, we spoke about how Yitzchak dug wells. That's really what we we what what Yitzchak is known for in the Torah is he dug wells. What's so exciting about dig, digging wells? Well, when you dig a well, you discover the treasure that's buried within the the earth, the water, the fresh life giving, life sustaining water that's buried within the earth, and that's only possible through the process of gevura, through what Yitzchak represented, going and digging to the depth and trying to find the pure and the holy which is buried within. And that's essentially what Yitzchak was trying to do with Esau. And that's really where negative that exists in this world is all about. What it's for, it's to find, to discover, to prompt us to delve to the deepest depths and find the spark of holiness which is within it. Find the spark of goodness which is within Esau as well, within everything that Esau represents. That's what we're trying to accomplish. That's what Yitzchak was trying to accomplish. It wasn't possible then, but it will be possible, and it is possible already now. We're told that 
that transformation will take place when Mashiach comes. And that's why we see now, more than ever, there's the ability for things which in previous generations may have been considered, may have been deemed completely completely contrary to divine service and something to be shunned and pushed aside, now is able to be elevated and processed and used for holiness. The, the energies, the divine energy, which is within Esav, is extremely powerful. Yitzhak was trying to harness it back in his day. It wasn't possible at that time. But this point, when we were at the the, the right before Mashiach, right before the the, the era of, of redemption, there's the ability to harness the energies of Esav and to transform them to holiness, and that's really fulfilling the ultimate goal that Yitzhak was trying to accomplish at the time by blessing Esav, is to create the complex, delicious, spiced, well-spiced food that will bring a pleasant experience, so to speak, for Hashem. That will take place when Mashiach comes. And we're at that point, but right now, we're really at the cusp of this happening. May we recognize and see and appreciate and experience the fulfillment of this. Take it from Yad immediately with Mashiach's revelation. Thanks for joining this week's 10 Minutes of Torah. I hope you found it interesting and inspiring. I'd love to hear your feedback. And I hope you'll join us again next week for 10 Minutes of Torah. Have a nice day.